Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. Tonight I want to talk about a documentary called Closure. This came out in 2013. It's about an hour and 16 minutes long. Um, The description is a transracial adoptee finds her birth mother and meets the rest of a family she did not know that did not know she existed, including her birth father. A story about identity, the complexities of transracial adoption, and most importantly, closure. So this was a recommendation to me by another adoptee. Um, and so I thought, well, it, you know, no time like the present. I'll go ahead and check it out and see what it's like. Um, I'll say the movie had me in tears almost immediately. Uh you know, there's there's not a lot of behind the scenes detail type of thing um, in this because it is a, a documentary, so it's real people, um, and you know, it's it's a happy and sad type of story. It also at the end leaves me wanting more, like what happened next, who, you know, who did we find next, all of those kind of things, and so in that. In that regard, it felt a little unfulfilling because I was waiting for more. Um, but on the other hand, I think it it did a good job of showing part of the complex process. I don't think it showed a, a lot of the emotions around adoptees that are searching for biological or first families. Um, but I think it it did do a good job of of showing one story and in this case Angela Tucker is the um is the adoptee that is searching she has a very supportive family and they are along on this journey with her her husband is the filmmaker um so it's it's quite a an involved story with the family and i think that's what's amazing for her um and you know, I got to be honest. So I'm I'm literally recording this about ten minutes after I watched this, and I'm still pretty upset. Um, not upset like angry type of thing, but just emotion. And this type of documentary brings up many emotions for me. Um, I had the privilege this week of sitting down with a friend of mine who's a transracial adoptee, and. You know, we were talking about some of the some of the things with our own journeys and our own stories. And um, she just got back going to uh, Korea. And, you know, so there's a lot of experiences that she has and she has a tight connection to her culture. And all I can do is empathize with her in the way that her experience was that she had growing up and not looking like anyone else. You know, I'm a domestic adoptee, so I did not have those same challenges. Um, but sometimes when you listen to another adoptee story, you do have that thread of connection between you. And I don't think that changes regardless of, of where you were adopted from. 
Um, so as far as this documentary goes, um, you know, the one thing that stood out to me is uh, the same adoption agency that I used, Bethany, um, was also used in this case. It sounds like maybe on the um, on the biological mother side uh, that Bethany was used here. But that's the adoption agency that I went through. Um, they've been in the news a lot recently. Um, they've been called predatory by a lot of, of people in the adoption world. And I'm talking adoptee, not adopters. And, you know, I have kind of mixed feelings about that because growing up, I remember so many Christmases where I would have to go wrap presents with my mom and I don't remember who else, a whole bunch of other ladies, um, four kids that were with Bethany still. And it would almost be a way of them saying, see, aren't you lucky you have a home? You're not one of those kids that don't have a home and you're picking you're picking a present out of a um out of a catalog, you know, at the time it was Whitmarks for the any of you that knew what the, that was. Um you know, I I don't know if that's truly what it was like, but um you know, my whole life I grew up with the narrative of oh, you're so lucky, you're fortunate, it was part of the plan, um all of those kind of things. And although I understand it from a certain point of view, part of me has to say, well, was it really? Was it really part of a plan that I would be taken from my biological mother at a young age? And, you know, and you go down rabbit holes, I think, on occasion, and I can only emotionally do this just so many times in a week, in a month, whatever. Um, because it is so draining for me. Um, nothing takes me from doing fine to a mess faster than talking about adoption and talking about my experiences and my feelings. And it never used to be that way. I think I've said it before where as a small child, I've always known that I was adopted. That was never kept from me. Um, you hear about these late life, uh, the people essentially find out late in life, teens, twenties, thirties, that they were adopted. And that's not right. So I, I have not had that experience. I have always known. And I've gone through phases of being really excited because I was, I was told you're chosen, you're special, you, you know, all these feel good, lovey-dovey type words. And so that was that was part of it. And then it moved to, well, now I'm different from everyone. And then it became a jab of, you're adopted, nobody wanted you. And so that's what the kids on the playground would say. So, you know, and then it just became something that you just don't talk about anymore. And because I think growing up, nobody wants to be different. Nobody wants to be different from your peers. And that goes for something that can't always be seen like adoption. Um, some kids come from other countries, and so therefore they can't hide 
um, their adoption. And it's very clear where they're from or who they are and, and how different they are from the rest of the kids. And that can be a brutal time. And I want to I wanna preface this right now and say I don't believe all adoption is bad. I'm, I'm not there. Um, do I think it's trauma? Yes. Do I think that you need to have your shit together as a prospective adoptive parent before you adopt? Yes. Do I feel like it's always the best thing for the kid? No. I think reunification with families should be priority. But there are so many families out there, so many people out there that want to have a child that can't. And, you know, this is, this is tough. So it, it, you know, it kind of, it's, it's like talking out of two sides of my mouth where, yes, I believe it's trauma. I think it can be a really difficult road for anybody. But on the other hand, I think there are some amazing people out there that deserve to have children if they want them. And if there are kids out there that need that home, I think that, they should get those homes. So I know that's controversial for a lot of adoptees and um, but that's you know that's currently where my thought process is. Um, and I mainly talk through my own lens. You know, in some cases was my adoption the best thing in the world? No. In some ways it probably was. And so it can be both. And the one thing that I've learned recently is that no matter how good your story is, how good your adoption story is, it's still a trauma. And I was, I was cleaning out some stuff the other day and I had to move some things around and, and I happened to find my, uh, my paperwork, the paperwork that was given to my parents when I was adopted. And I don't look at this often because sometimes it really bothers me. Um, I know that some of the information in this has been um, embellished. And I had confirmation by an aunt that a lot of this was made up. And so I don't know how much I can believe. But I, in my paperwork, it tells me the date that I was born. I don't know what time. I was born, and I think that's something that bothers a lot of people that are adopted. We, you know, if you talk to some people, they'll tell you, oh, they, they know the time their child was born, who was in the room, the nurses' names, the, you know, they know all these details that I will never be privileged to, ever. I will never get some of this information. Um, according to my paperwork, I was seven pounds, 14 ounces, and 19 and a half inches. I don't know if that's Good, bad, ugly, I don't know. I have no idea if that's normal for a child. Um, it, uh, what bothers me the most, and I think what upsets me the most in this paperwork that I have, is that um, I was entered into a foster home on January 14, 1978. So I was eight months old. 
And I was in that foster home until April 14, 1978. So I did not spend an entirely long time in foster care. Um, apparently my foster family was, it's an older couple. I don't know if they're still around anymore. I know nothing about them or who they were or if this, you know, they took in a lot of babies. I don't know. But eight months. How can you, I just, I can't even wrap my head around it. I think part of me thinks that adoption as an infant is a difficult, horrendous decision that you have to make. But it's usually within a day, you know, hours. Some some mothers never even get to hold their child or they choose not to. Um, but eight months, that just, that hurts. And I think it hurts because, you know, at this phase in my life, I, I know people, I know a lot of people um, that have adopted. Um, a lot of people that I grew up with have adopted, and that's great for them, and I'm happy for them. And then I watch friends of mine who are the sweetest souls on the planet that deserve a family if that's what they want more than anything. And I watch them fight with IVF and struggling with uh, fertility. And, you know, it just, it just takes me a minute to realize that there are people out there that, want children and then they they want to keep them and they go through all these steps to have them and I think the hardest part for me is why was I not good enough you know why why was I not fortunate enough to be kept or to you know after eight months I still you know I keep going back to that and Watching this documentary, watching her meet all these siblings and her aunts and all these people in her family. So I watched this family embrace her and they all come together. And, you know, every, every adoption reunion story is different. Everyone has their own story and their own, uh, the way things went for them. And I met my biological mother so many years ago. I was so young. But it bothers me that in the years since, she's not interested. She hasn't asked for photos. She doesn't ask anything about me. So it makes me feel like she she really doesn't care. And one thing that really stood out to me when um, in the documentary, Angela was saying that when she was with her biological mom, uh, she said, you know, sometimes we don't talk, we just stare at one another. And that's a pretty common theme for a lot of adoptees is that, you know, when you do finally have that connection, for some of them, it comes in having children of their own. In um, some, it comes through their reunion. But 
to have people that you genetically look like where you could share your eyes or your nose or your smile or your personality or you can share something. I, I don't think you realize how powerful that is until it's not something that you have available to you. And I, I find that I do that with my brothers, um, specifically my one brother. He recently had a baby. And I found myself looking at a photo of his child and tried to match it up to my picture as a baby. And I was looking for similarities. I was looking for how I might resemble or how that child might resemble me. Do we share anything? And it's hard. It's hard to go through life that way, not feeling like you look like anyone else, not feeling like you belong anywhere else. Um, you know, and so those are those are some of the challenges I think that we have as adoptees and as we're going through some of these reunion processes. Um, I've been fortunate enough to meet an aunt, an uncle. Um, I'm in contact with a second cousin. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful for those connections. But I feel like they're their surface um, in some ways because they're not involved in my, in my life and maybe they never will be, and maybe they're not meant to be, but it makes for an awful lonely situation. And it makes for having any family connection to be really diminished. So, I, I mean, before I just blather on, I don't know that I have a whole lot more to say on this. Um, I found myself really jealous that she was able to share these experiences with her family, that she had that support. Um, you know, for, for a lot of my searches I haven't had much support and I've got one more big reunion coming up with my brother hopefully hopefully this year um and I do stress about that a lot I stress about being good enough and about about being somebody that he wants to know and that he wants to build a relationship with um, you know, and I struggle with that with my other brother as well. So anyway, I'm going to wrap it up before I go on too long here. Uh, so that's all I've got for today. Thank you for joining me. Take care and be well.